Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Daily Thread. So excited to be here. And uh, we got Shavuos coming this weekend, Thursday evening. Abba, you excited for Shavuos? Yes, you know what? Um, I, I love all the Yom of course. And, and um, I like the way this one comes out in particular, you know? Um, every Yom um, you know, falls out in the calendar in a different way. And uh, this one happens to be, I mean, you know, I, I think of things in terms of... Uh, you know, uh, relaxing and enjoying the untiv. And I also think in terms of the impact that it has on our business, which I'm sure you do the uh, same thing. And a lot of people do the same thing. You know, mm -hmm. there are people that work in the, uh, the non-Jewish world. And when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkah, sometimes they're off 11 days. And nobody understands what's going on. You know, nobody understands where, where, where the guy disappeared to, uh, you know, for 11 days in the month of September or October. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's nice when it comes out on a Thursday night and flows into a, into a weekend and, and the Shabbos. And, For uh, sure. For my, sure. Fa my father used to always like to say that, uh, you know, the Shalosh Rugolim, uh, on, on Sukkot you can eat whatever you want, but not where you want. And on Pesach you can eat where you want, but not what you want. On Shavuos you can eat what you want and where you want. So Beautiful. That's, yeah. that's yeah. A, People love it. They say good things about Shavuos. It's a good holiday. Um, something I want to talk about today, something very interesting, a campaign is going on right now led by the Tzedek Association. Okay. Uh, they, are, they lobby for a lot, many different things, including most notably jail reform. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. The thing they're working on right now is they are trying to get insurance companies mm -hmm. to pay for infertility treatments. Oh, so yeah. I, supposedly, I this, happens, this happens in many other countries, if not all of them, where they see having children as a, um, something that the insurance company should pay for, besides for America. Uh, the average couple that needs to pit, that needs to have a child going through IVF has to sp has to spend forty two thousand dollars. Wow! So you have an organization like Boneolam. I spoke to someone from Boneolam. They're paying a million dollars a month on IVF treatments. The so organization twelve is... Yes, figure wow. twelve million dollars a year is going towards paying for these treatments that in many other countries are being covered by insurance. So Tzedek is in Washington, mm -hmm. and they are lobbying through various senators and congressmen to get the insurance companies to cover it. Well, I think it's a noble fight. I think they should be able to, to get it done. Um, listen, you know, the government is a little bit, uh, a little bit out of control today, a little bit hefker, uh, and they're, they're doing crazy things. Uh, you know, they have hundreds of billions of dollars stockpiled away from COVID still that they don't know what to do with. And one of the, right. one of the, one of the part of the negotiations about the, uh, the budget uh, on the deficit, which is going on right now, if you read about it, is what to do with all those hundreds of billions of dollars that were allocated for COVID relief and for 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 um, for schools and for teachers, and they they use all the money they can, and they and they don't know what else to do with, with the money. So what the yeah. Republicans want to want to use that money to reduce the deficit because the country is over thirty trillion dollars in debt, uh, but the Democrats want to keep spending money. Yeah, I don't know if this is a – I imagine this is a bipartisan issue, um, I think. I, I don't see well, why Democrats would be against having insurance companies paying for infertility treatments. Um, I think that – I think that – it's not to say that, oh, you know, all these organizations are spending so much. Can you imagine if, if a time in Boniolam and Pua, if they were able to raise the money they're raising and be innovative and find different treatments they can give and have insurance companies – pay for that 
we're talking about the difference of lives being created versus not being created. I, I think that if insurance companies are going to pay for diabetes treatment, which is to save a life, and they're going to pay for cancer treatments, which is to save a life, if they're going to if they're going to pay for um, dialysis, which is to save a life, why can't they why can't they pay for IVF treatments, which will create a life? I think I'm, why not? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure part of what Teddy has to do uh, is, of course, educate uh, congressmen and 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 senators about the importance and, and the emphasis yeah. on on family life. You know, the society that we live in, not just in the United States, but unfortunately in, other, in Europe and other countries, is really moving away from the, the, the conventional family life and trying to normalize uh, the opposite of family life. Uh, but I think uh, if they are successful, they have to first educate, I think, our elected representatives to demonstrate to them. And I think, and I think they know. They know how important the family structure is in, in Jewish life. Uh, but I think they have to reemphasize it to them that we have not been affected the way the rest of society has been affected to just you know be wild and running in all kinds of different uh, different directions. I think it's I, I think that part of me feels like in 2023 it's crazy to have to convince a body of government that family is important. But at the same time, if you if you look at where we are and the way society is, family is is so somewhat underappreciated and undervalued that it's no it's no wonder that we're here well, it's no wonder that we're here yeah it's uh it's a no it, it's a wonder that we are here you mean <laughs> i think it's a wonder that uh, yeah. that that society is still functioning in some semblance of uh yes re relatively i'm not going to say normal but you know close to being normal uh that just goes to show you how strong the family structure is with all the yeah. all the all the currents uh, and and the winds blowing against it. It shows you how family uh, is, is is strong and really is the foundation of a successful uh, society. Yeah. What else? Uh, you did you see about? Did you see about this? Uh, this I see from Dov Shevkin here on Twitter, and I saw mm. this last week, and I want to bring it up. <laughs> he writes such a privilege to sit with the Sassan Codex, the oldest, most complete Hebrew Bible. And then he mm -hmm. subtweeted. He said that Mazatov to whoever bought the Codex Assassin, it sold for thirty three point. Is it Sassoon? Probably S A S A S S O N. I think it's Sassoon. I don't know. Anyways, this thing was sold for thirty three point five million dollars. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's Judaica, you know. Uh, that's very that's crazy. Very, very, listen, that's very valuable. It's a, it's a valuable piece of Judaica. It's a, it's an antique. Uh, and uh, it's a piece of. By the way, they have history. a whole yeah, they have a whole website. They have like these auction sites like Genazim, where they have first editions of the uh, Masil Sisharim from the Ramchal, and and you know, first edition this safer that safer, and they auction it off, and it goes for for twenty, thirty, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars. It's really incredible, but I think it's like a certain niche that people who are very interested in Judaic history well, having these items. You, know, you have to be a collector. And, um, you know, we, we, I have paintings at home that my father bought in the 1960s uh, for a few hundred dollars. And that's worth a lot of money today. You know, uh, he bought it from a, an artist who uh, was an older gentleman in those days and no longer around. And his art is, is, is very valuable. Of course, we're not selling yeah. it, but uh, it, uh, we've been offered, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for, for each painting.
It's like Joe DiMaggio's card, right? They should make a song about you. I listen. You know. You know why? You know why baseball cards are so uh, valuable? Uh, because uh, everyone's mother threw them out after they left the house. You know. Mm-hmm. I had all those cards. All those cards you see today that are going for five hundred, a thousand dollars. Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, uh, whoever else, Willie Mays. I had those cards. I remember those pictures. I remember them. But when I got into my twenties and I got married and I moved out. My mother went into my closet and found boxes of baseball cards. Boom, into the garbage. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's mother did the same thing. So the few mothers that didn't throw them out now have cards that are worth a, a lot of money. Yeah. Well, did you see this video of the famous Shabbos guy from Lakewood? Yes. Dan? Yeah. You know what I'm talking I, I about? Did, I did see that. Yes. Let's, uh, let's, roll, let's roll the tape for the listeners and the viewers. <laughs> Hi, my name's Danny. I'm your neighborhood Shabbos guy. <laughs> Let me tell you, Misa. I was given a name at work from one of the guys that run the synagogue there. He told me that Rabbi Forsheimer would be the best person to get approval through as far as starting my service. So I tracked through Lakewood until I could find him, and uh, somebody directed me to his office. And I've never been into a synagogue before. There was a big line of guys there waiting to see him. And I asked, how do I get in to see him? And they showed me a big board with a whole bunch of names, how to see. I signed my name on it, and there was a guy behind me who wanted to know what I was there for. So I told him what I was there for, and the door opened. So he said, go in front of me. So I just jumped in, and I said, can I get a minute? He smiled, and he said, please come in. So the guy that was behind me asked, can he come in too? I said, sure, this is for everybody. So I talked to the rabbi, introduced myself, told him what I was doing. Showed him my flyer and everything that I wanted to go. Explained to him how I would do the service and everything. And he told me to change a couple of words. I went and changed it, brought it back. He signed my flyer. So after showing the rabbi my flag and told him everything, I have. He, once I got the signature from Rabbi Forsheimer, he gave us his blessing. I told him, I said, Rabbi, you're the first person here. Let me get you started with the flag. So he said, yes. I got his home address. And the next day, we went over to his house, knocked on the door. He opened his door, big smile, happy we showed up. We found a spot where we got it, and he's had a flag ever since. He's the first one in Lakewood that's got a flag. It's $25 a month. We give you the flag, and if you need our service, you hang the flag. You stick it on your door or your window. When I come by at the specified times, if I see it, I'll come to your door, knock. You let me in. We'll go take care of your service. We come around twice on Friday nights. We come around three times on Saturday. It's a set time. So you know what time to have your flag out. So that, you know, we may come later than that time, but have it out by that time. Next hour comes when I come back by again, you need me, you put it on and we'll be back there again. Same thing on Saturdays. We offer to do it on Passover and every other holidays in between. Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, that is all included in it. And the Shavuos was coming, it's a Thursday. We'll be doing that as well. The first of the month, every month, you'll receive an email or a text from us. You know, do you want to continue with the service? We'll keep the service going. We're going to be all year round. It doesn't matter. We'll be there every holiday, whatever it takes. When we come around for Shabbos or whatever holiday, there will be a yellow light on the dashboard of our car so you know we're coming. (laughs) We try to come to your door to save you the convenience to come out in the rain looking for anybody or, you know, stuff like that. We come to you, but if you lose your flag or, you know, you see our car, you see us coming down the road, you see that light, you come out, you stop us, you get your service. And obviously we'll give another flag, but this is to let everybody know, your friends know, if, you know, they're not signed up, if you need us, 
come out. We'll be happy to I'll take care of your service for you, and we'll just leave a flyer in your mailbox or whatever for you. You can get in touch with us when the holiday's over or Shabbos is over. We do know the whole system. You know, I've been doing this for many years, so it <laughs> took me a while to figure it out, but we are very good at figuring out the hints. We know how it all works. Shouldn't have any problem with anybody as far as. All right, you know, see, there's a couple of problems here now. What's that? First of all, is this real? Is this is this satire? Or no, is this no, legit? I think it's legit. I think it's legit. Wow. Now, okay. there, there's a few problems here. Number one, it seems he seems to have a have a good grasp of Hilchah Shabbos. He does what, probably better than a lot of a lot uh, of a lot of from Jews. You said that, not me. Okay, just for the record, you said that. I didn't say that. Um, I think what's going to happen if he converts to Judaism? You know, if he gets so enamored with halacha and with Shabbos and Yontif, what are they going to do if he converts? You know, we're going to hold. Uh, then we have an issue. That's in Lakewood, right? An... You said that's in Lakewood. Is that where that's taking place? Yeah. So we have to yeah. we have to get that. It has to come to Brooklyn still. It has to come to the Five Towns. It has to come to Munson. There's a lot of areas that he could branch out uh, into. He could be a very very busy uh, guy. I'm not convinced that this is real. I'm not convinced yet. I think it's real. It looked. It looked. I saw the documentation from Rabbi Forsheimer. I, I I was reading it on the screen. Now you see. That's absolutely you know, There's a guy we know, uh, by the way. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but he's an older gentleman, and um, he lives in Rockland County. Let me just say that, okay? And uh, many many years ago, he uh, he married a non-Jewish woman, and he had a son with her. And then years later, she converted, and they had another son. So and and she can and she became she converted she became from he was from, so he had one son that was a Jew and one son that wasn't a Jew, and people the neighbors knew that they used to come to their house to get uh, the non-Jewish son to turn the air conditioning on turn the lights on, and he told me the story Amisa Shahaya he told me the story that people used to come to his house when his from son was when his when his non-Jewish son wasn't home and they would ask the son to help God. no 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 don't ask that son not that son. He's the, he's the Jewish uh, son. Only the non-Jewish son could do things like that. And this is the next level uh, of that uh, that type of thing. So what is the thing that he's going to be needed for? In the summer, air conditioning, right? Yes, yes. You know, your air conditioning goes off. I'll tell you another thing. You forgot to shut the fridge light off. Okay. You go to shul, you're like, oh, right. no, my light in my fridge is on. Uh, the oven light, you know? The oven light, but the fire on the oven, the blech and stuff like that is much more complicated. Because it involves yeah. it involves cooking, you know. Uh, so unless the guy's going to stay there and make scrambled eggs for you for breakfast, you know, uh, that's a that's a whole other uh, potential complication. I think um, I don't know Rabbi Forsheimer, but I guess he's a postek in in Lakewood and he's a respected postek. Right. Uh, and apparently, I, he's got to be people that don't agree with doing this because you know um, this is what you call uh, proverbial slippery slope, you know. Definitely, well, definitely. Once, definitely. once you're allowed this, you're allowed that. You know, the guy turns the the AC on. How many steps are you away from uh, when it's on already and it's not uh, and it's getting too cold? You just turn it down a couple of degrees, and then eventually it goes. Yeah, but you off. see how you see how he says that he knows all the hints. Like he's done this for a long time. He knows all the hints. But here's a halacha question. Do the hints are they still hints if you know that they're coming and someone's going to be hinting to you? It's not a hint. I think you should call your uh, rabbi tonight and uh, ask him if he knows a hint is coming. Is it a hint? Uh, but I think this is a joke. I, I don't. I, I I I hope that the people listening to this can 
uh, clarify for me whether this well, is real or why not. Why don't you call somebody that you know in Lakewood and, and, and why don't you find out? Call her by Forsheimer or call someone that you know. You have a lot of friends in Lakewood. Uh, tell them that the Meaningful uh, Minute, the Daily Thread uh, investigative department is calling. And uh, you you want to know uh, you want to know what's going on? Uh, yeah, but here's another thing: who's gonna have who's gonna want to have a flag on their front lawn? It's like, are you gonna get your kid into yeshiva if you have a flag on your front lawn? Well, it looks like it looked to me like he had stickers that you put on your door. Not really. He calls it a flag. Know. Looks like you put a sticker on your door. It's like uh, when by Yeshiva Mitzrayim when you put they put blood on their doorposts, and, yeah. and they're this way. That's why it's called Passover because those ha- well those were the houses that were passed over on Pesach. And they didn't have to visit Marcus Bechorich because they had a, a thing on their uh, on their mezuzah on their on the yeah. on the side post of the uh, of the um, of the door frame. Anyway, what else is there? What else are you up to? Not too much. Not too much. Uh, how about you? Busy. Yeah. Well, listen. It's a it's a little bit. It's a it's a normal week, but it's still a short week. We're very young of conscious. I think uh, Shavuos is busy, a very busy day today, Baruch Hashem. The Five Town Jewish Times is yes. coming out late Wednesday. We'll be out a little, we'll be out about a half a day earlier uh, than usual, so we can get the, the paper distributed in time for for Yantif. And we have a lot of interesting things happening. And uh, listen, in Eretz Yisrael, it's a little bit more challenging. They're used to a one-day Yantif there, and now they're kind of stuck with two days because Yantif is Friday, and it goes right into Shabbos. So uh, right. that's very unusual. Day usually Shavuos is a one day affair in uh, in Eretz Yisrael, and pa- and Pesach is one day, and then you have a long Chalamay, then you have the last day, then you have Shvi Yisrael Pesach and Achron Pesach rolled into one. And all of a sudden now here, there's only one other possibility, by the way, where you can have a three day Yantif in Eretz Yisrael. That's uh, Rosh Hashanah. If Rosh Hashanah is Thursday and Friday, and you have three days: Thursday, Friday, and Shabbos. So uh, Israelis are freaking out a little bit because they have to buy extra challah um, and they have to buy extra dips and, um, and and stuff like that. One thing I, I just came from, I just came from the house of Shlomo Ari Gazin uh, from Zusha and recorded a, a special new series of meaningful people that we're putting out this month of Shabbos. Uh, it's called the Spotlight Series, where we're speaking to people who go viral or or are in the spotlight in the world. So Zusha, the band, has recently gone viral because they started making music. From household items, and they have blown up on social media. Really, this song, this song that they created, I'm about, I'm about to show here on the screen, uh, has close to 10 million views already. Let me see. Yeah, that that stuff has been going crazy viral. This this type of music. So we sat down with them to talk about like the process. Like literally, their following has grown by a hundred thousand followers. It's really really incredible. Looking at an interesting story about from Israel, if you're interested in knowing about uh, it's a story that Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu, has spoke twice with uh, Saudi King uh, Mohammed bin Salam. Uh, twice about normal, normalizing relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. That's a big, nice. that's a big step in the direction of Mashiach. I want you to know. Okay, Pesach, Pesach in Saudi Arabia next year. Is that what we're looking at? Well, first of all, people did Pesach in Saudi Arabia. Not, not, no, they did it in Dubai this year. 
Saudi, yeah. Arabia, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is a different story. Saudi Arabia is the next big step. It's a big step if Israel could open up relations of some sort with Saudi Arabia because earlier this year, Saudi Arabia established diplomatic relations with Iran. So we're, we're looking. Oh wow! They have steps in the direction with with even though Ukraine and Russia are blowing up, we are taking simultaneously steps in the direction of world peace. Believe it or not. That's really interesting. I wonder what happens to the diplomat, the, the the relationship between Saudi and Iran, if Israel and Saudi Arabia have have a relationship. Does that well, go? That's the whole idea. The whole idea is Iran is economically, you know, going down the drain. They need help from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, Qatar, or Qatar, they got they have the money. You know, they have all the money, yeah. and Israel has the technology and the education. And the um, ideas, and they need a combination of all those things to have a successful society. And even Iran, even you. Iran needs that, believe it or not, because there's 80 million people in Iran. How long do you think they could keep them starving and desperate? They can't keep them like that forever. Yeah. Okay, very anyway, interesting. We'll see how that develops. Yes, nice to see you. Nice to see you again. We'll, Likewise. We'll see you uh, tomorrow, I hope. God willing. And if you're listening, uh, like I said, that campaign by Tzedek is going on right now. We'll put a link in the description of this episode. They need your money uh, to be able to lobby and to affect change and have the insurance companies pay for these um, treatments. Uh, they need your money. If you can donate the gematria of Nishama, Nun Shin Mem Hey, that's 395. Nun Shin Mem Hey, 395. Um, that would be very great. appreciated. You'll get a, maybe, you'll, maybe you'll get a free shout out on the daily thread. So. Donate three ninety five and then send us an email at the daily thread at meaningfulminute.org and we'll make sure to give you a free shout out for your business or for yourself. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to the Daily Thread. We'll be back at you with another episode tomorrow. All right, have, have a great, great day. day. Bye.